Hello, everybody. Welcome to our fifth episode of Assured by Grace. My name is Danny Woodward. I'll, I'll be your host today. And here again is Phil, Pastor Phil Congdon. going to be a host with me today as well. Yeah, I am a uh, grandfather for the fourth time in the last week. All and right, man. have a grandson, Theodore Bernard. I think we're going to call him Theo. He sounds smart. <laughs> yeah, it sounds somewhat regal, I think. But anyway, it is wonderful. Uh, you know, new life is a gift of God. And I can't think of new life physically without thinking of new life spiritually, too. That's a gift of God, uh, a wonderful, priceless gift. Just like my grandson is priceless, so too the gift of eternal life, priceless gift. Congratulations, granddad. Um, Thanks. Phil, so we've talked an awful lot about the just the assurance of salvation, mm -hmm. about you know the kind of the soteriology of how people come to believe, mm -hmm. the and uh, in, in how they have faith. We wanted to talk today about something a little bit different. Um, there may be people that are listening that mm -hmm. that are that are hurting in a, in a little different way. Uh, there may be a grandmother. Whose, whose grandchildren just are are not part of the church. They've walked away from a faith uh, that that her and her kids tried to instill in them. And it's very, very painful mm. for somebody who has someone that they love dearly and, and just to, to mm. wonder, is that person, have they put their trust in Christ? Mm. And that brings out a whole lot of questions, you know, and, and one of those questions is, is what is on our part as believers and hmm. people that are professing Christ, what is our, our duty to that? Do we have any, is there any way for us to know what they, whether they have or they haven't? And, and I think it goes back to kind of ties in well with some of the other topics that we've talked about, yeah. but in a, just is a very emotional yeah. subject. It's a, a deep ache for, for many people. I'm sure many people will be listening to uh, this podcast and, and may hear it uh, over the coming months. Uh, and they have, uh, for example, a child who they raised in the church uh, who um, went to Bible camp and uh, maybe went on missions trips and was involved in the church uh, and um, has made a profession of faith and then has maybe in the high school years or in the college years or somewhere has just walked away from the faith. Uh, some cases that, that may have really become uh, belligerent and uh, against the faith. In other cases, uh, they're just... There's nothing there. And wh when I see that, uh, I can hear in the, in the voices of their parents uh, or, the, or their brothers or sisters or, or whatever, uh, you hear this uh, pain of wondering, 
is my child saved? Um, parents want to know that. Grandparents want to know that. We and we've, do. yeah, we've talked about, you know, assurance of salvation for ourselves. Uh, and we'll visit that, uh, I'm sure, often as we continue through this. But this is a different question. Uh, the first thing I, I want to say, uh, and I think both of us from our own experience in our own families, we can say this from the heart, uh, that um, it's, it's painful when you see somebody you love walking away from the Lord that you love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there still uh, is a fellowship there from the family relationship, but there isn't from the spiritual side. And uh, I know from my personal experience of having family members that uh, I can have good times with them, but I can't talk with them about the Lord. Uh, They don't want to hear about the Lord. And talking with them about the Lord or their relationship with the Lord would be pretty foreign. And it almost sometimes, it's almost like it drives more of a wedge Mm -hmm. between you. You you just don't want to, you don't want to get any further apart from them yeah. you, you want to stay as close as you can when you when you have the chance to be around them and so yeah, it's very hard to 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 even bring up the subject yeah, yeah and uh, i need to add here that uh, there will be some family members who are listening to this and uh, they're going to be uh, maybe uh trying to constantly think of ways that they can inject something spiritual into a conversation or a letter or an email or a phone call or something uh, and, 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 you know, just kind of surreptitiously sneak it in so that, you know, their relatives will pick up on that. And, and I would just urge them um, not to do that, to be very careful about doing that because what you just said may very well happen. It it may drive a wedge between them. Uh, and I'm going to suggest that, um, that, you know, we want to know. And, and first of all, we need to understand something. We can't know mm. about another person. Um, uh, I, I'm sitting here with you, and um, I know that I am a believer in Jesus, and I know your confession that you are a believer in Jesus. Now, I can know my own faith. I, I don't have to test it to see if I'm really believing. If I believe in Jesus, and that's an authentic or sincere uh, statement of my faith in Jesus, that's the limit. I can't go beyond that. We're going to, in coming weeks, I hope, just talk about this psychologizing of faith, you know, where we're we're trying to figure out if there's some feeling or some action or some emotion that will prove that we have faith. There isn't. You believe. You, you confess that. You believe. And on the statement of your faith in Jesus Christ, I lay that to rest. You are a believer in Christ. Now, we're going to have to watch our timer, but this is an interesting thing. Um, we all know about deconstruction of people of faith, people who have, I just read today of, uh, of somebody who'd been, a, he's a PhD in theology, 
and he's uh, been a writer for a major uh, um, Christian um, website, uh, written books, and he has now declared that he is no longer a Christian. Now, somebody will say, well, is he a Christian or not? Well, my answer to that is going to be the same question that I would say to anybody. I would say, I don't know. I can only go on the testimony of somebody's faith. They they state to me, I'm a believer in Christ. And if a person puts their faith, their trust in Jesus Christ, they are a forever member of God's family. Is And we can talk about this too, but is it possible for a person who is truly believing in Jesus Christ to, at some later point, have their faith um, no longer hold? And I don't want to go into this now, but I'll just say absolutely it is. Uh, John the Baptist was certainly a believer. He baptized Jesus. He saw the the spirit descend like a dove, and this is my beloved son, and whom I'm well pleased. Yeah, he believed. Jesus even said, uh, other than John the Baptist, no one greater has ever been born of women. But when he was in prison right before he died, they came and they told him what Jesus, uh, you know, about Jesus. And he said, go back and ask him, are you the one or should we look for another? Hmm. And that's, he you can call it quite, doubting. but quite he, persevering at that moment. Yeah, wasn't. He wasn't. And yet, when, when they came and told that to Jesus, you remember what Jesus said? He just said, go back and tell John the things that I've done, the things that I'm doing. It's, it's a, a way that it wasn't to tell John, come on now, you need to really believe. Mm-hmm. He, he directed him right back to himself. Look at the things I do. And so it was that John the Apostle at the end of his epistle would say that all of the things that Jesus did were written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you might have life in his name. Now, I know this this was a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I just think it was important because when people start asking, um, how can I know that my son, child, daughter, sister, mother, father, how can I know they're saved? I just say, listen, you may not have absolute assurance. I would ask them, first of all, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead? Mm -hmm. Do you believe that? And if somebody says to you, yes, I believe in Jesus as my sin bearer, I would lay it to rest could they could somebody lie to me and say that yeah they could mm-hmm. i don't know why somebody would but if somebody says that i lay that to rest that is a child of god so absent from that and this is where we are going to be talking with a lot of people today. Somebody is going to say, well, my son will never say that now. He just doesn't yeah. believe. Well, and that I want to get to that in a minute, but just looking at the from the perspective of the person that's sitting in the shoes of having a family member like that, mm-hmm. it puts a burden on your heart. Yeah. It puts a burden and in it and that burden, I mean, if you if you let it sit there and simmer, it, it'll lead to an anxiousness and and just a, 
a, a second guessing of mm. things that you've done or haven't done. Yeah. Uh, it's a that's a hard road to hoe. How do you what's your advice for people that are in that position? Well, first of all, I would say don't do Satan's work for him. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Uh, that's what he he's always done. Um that's what he did with Job, um, I'm in Zechariah, I'm teaching through Zechariah, and and uh, you have a, a scene there where uh, Joshua, the high priest, comes before the Lord, and Satan is standing next to him, accusing him. What for? All of the sins of Israel. That's what Satan's good at. He, he's an accuser. And why does he do that? Because he wants God's people, Christians, he wants them to be wallowing in misery not dealing with sin, because if, if we confess our sins, God will forgive our sins. Satan doesn't want us to do that. What he wants us to do is to say, oh, I'm not good enough. So in the, in the same way, um, be very careful. Let's just say, for example, that somebody listening to our voices today is a dad or mom. They love the Lord. Uh, they sought to raise their children the best they knew how. First of all, I need to tell you, you're not the first perfect a perfect mom or dad. There isn't a perfect mom or dad. We all will mess up. We we are all learning. I, I love what Howard Hendricks, my old prof, said. He said, uh, uh, just when you uh, become proficient at parenting, you're out of a job. Uh, and and that's Really true. We're all going to do our best. And so let's say that somebody is listening. They're saying, I know I wasn't perfect. I did my best. But now my daughter, um, she's just left the faith entirely. And she's living a worldly, self-destructive lifestyle. Or I have a son. And and when he was young, uh, he was in Awana. He was in Bible club. He was in youth group. Um, and, you know, he professed his faith in Christ, and then he went off to college, and and he's just gotten his mind filled with this stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, they're, they're thinking, what did I do wrong? No, don't do Satan's work for him. Satan is going to try to attack every individual Christian. And so let's say that Satan is having success with my son or my daughter. And their life, uh, they're, they're not following the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay, Satan's happy with that, but not satisfied. What he wants to do is he wants to get dad and mom to fall into misery. Mm-hmm. What did we do wrong? And so there, there is no, uh, there is nothing that is positive in those recriminations of beating each other up. So in the first, the first thing we want to say is uh, don't do Satan's work for him. But on the positive side, what do you do? Now, uh, you may have a child who uh, has grown up in the church, and they seem to be going on for the Lord. What do you do for that child? You pray for that child, that they will continue. What do you do for a child who has grown up in the church 
has fallen away from the Lord. You pray for that child. What do you do for a child who grew up, maybe uh, you came to know the Lord after your children were grown? Mm -hmm. What do you do for that child? Because that child is going to be watching you and looking at your life. You pray for that child. Prayer is the only way. But... But I Phil, just, you want to be careful here because some people say, well, I'm trying to do other things too. Pray first and yeah. then let God give you other opportunities. And, and let me just ask you too, when we when we go to the Lord and we pray for, for family members mm-hmm. or, or or even just friends that, that we care deeply about, that we're just not not sure where they're at with the Lord, what what's an effective prayer? Because there's there's a lot of I think there's a lot of times we mm-hmm. just pray that you know, it's almost like, God, I I really want you to save them. And like you're convincing God to do something that he really doesn't want to do. What, what's an effective <laughs> prayer for he, God wants, he, he wants that yeah. no man uh, is lost. He wants all men to come to, to salvation. That's right. right. Yeah. Uh, so, he, he's not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. Uh um, what did Paul write to Timothy? Uh, you know, that all would come to the knowledge of the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, you know, even John three sixteen, for God so loved the world. Okay. He used the biggest word, most inclusive word. That's everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, we're not going to pray and ask God to do something he doesn't want to do. I think that the best way for us to approach prayer is to understand that we want to agree with God. So what is God's desire? Well, you've just said it, it's that all men will come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay, if God wants my son and my daughter to be saved, then what do I pray for? Mm-hmm. Now, here, you know, I, I know that we just want to jump right to the end, say, Lord, save them. Yeah. But unfortunately, you can't, by your prayers, save anybody else. Every person, as uh, Louis Palau used to say, God has no grandchildren. <laughs> God's relationship is going to be with my son and daughter directly. It's not going to be through me to them. So I'm going to pray something like this for somebody I love. Lord, um, uh, you promised that um, your spirit, when he came, he would convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. In other words, Lord, you have your spirit going throughout the world, doing a work of conviction. Lord, whatever it takes, I ask you to Allow your spirit to do that work in my son, in my daughter. And I'd leave that in your hands. The reason I, I want to wow. pray that is I can't control this. And as a parent, I know I want to control my kids and grandkids, but I, I can't. They're an individual. They have the free will. But what I can do is... I can excite the Spirit of God in its work, doing what it does in every one of our lives. It wants me to be in fellowship with the Lord, and it wants every other person to be in fellowship with the Lord. That's God's 
so loving of the world. That's the way that he loves the world. So um, that's what I'm going to pray. And um, sometimes, I would say 99 times out of 100 probably, it isn't going to be a dad or a mom. And usually it won't even be the person praying. Um, Sometimes I use the words a divine encounter. By that I mean, Lord, bring somebody into their lives who will show them the love of God in a way that they will understand it, that they can't get it from me. Mm-hmm. Remember Jesus um, uh, when he went to his hometown and 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 they, they weren't receiving him, and he said to his disciples, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. <laughs> And I think that, you know, sometimes we and families just have to understand that, that familiarity breeds contempt. And so in your family or in my family, you know, I may try to say something, but somebody will say, well, that's just Uncle Phil or that's just dad or whatever. Mm -hmm. But somebody else they'll listen to. It's a powerful prayer, man. And yeah. That, uh, you know, employing God like that takes a lot of faith, too, because you're asking him to to really intervene in that person's life in a way that to the world it, it, it could really rattle their cage. Uh, but yeah, but in the midst of that, as we're praying that we want to just keep keep petitioning God to like you said, I loved how you said it to excite uh, God's spirit to really just. To, to lift that person up, right? Yeah, I, I think it's just a respect both for God and for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and respect is probably not the appropriate word when I'm talking about God. My awe of God is that He is capable beyond anything I can imagine to invade a life. Everything short of forcing that person to believe. This uh, idea that is uh, around in some circles, theological circles, that God will drag you kicking and screaming into the kingdom of God. It may sound pious, but uh, it's nonsense. What God does is he extends his hands, his nail-pierced hands of love, and says... um, I died, Jesus says, I died for you. I gave my life for you. I paid for the penalty of your sin. Now I'm just asking you to believe in me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I pray to God, I, I'm saying, I trust you, God. Uh, think of it as this distance between God and an unbeliever. Well, God went that far, right to the very closest level, went all the way so that all a person has to do is receive that gift. That's all. So I am going to honor God for what he did, and then I'm going to honor another person, even if it's my son or my daughter or another relative or a loved one, I'm going to honor them by granting them their... um, their freedom, the the respect that they are due, that they too 
may decide uh, to believe or not to believe. To uh, I, I like there was an old ad. There was an old ad for uh, a car company, and I'm I'm not sure which one it was, um, but uh, I just remember at the end of it, a man looked at the camera and he said, "Please consider." Because it was, you know, this car has all these advantages. Please consider. <laughs> and that's what we say to everybody. We don't say, come on, you've got to believe. You, you don't push somebody to that. You just say, please consider. And so I respect other people, even if they're loved ones of mine, that if they want to talk about the Lord, I'm willing to talk about it. I don't want to push them away. I'm going to retain a relationship with them. And love them as a father or, or as a family member. Uh, but my prayers are, Holy Spirit, do your thing. Mm. Draw them to yourself as only you can. Yeah, because he, he woos them. He doesn't yeah. wrangle them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so, um, well, what about, let me, let me just kind of throw this out there because there's probably some people that are that are listening and uh and they're thinking gee that that sounds wonderful i mean i, I really want to be able to pray like that mm. i just don't i don't have that prayer life i don't i don't feel yeah. like i can just go to god and maybe they're maybe they're yeah. having a hard time coming to that for a lot of different reasons right there yeah. they could be that that they just don't know how to pray for that person that they don't feel that their mm. prayers are being heard or maybe Maybe there's another question here in that the, the, the person is, it's hard for them to forgive whoever yeah. that they feel like they ought to be praying for. Yeah, I was just thinking that too. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think that all of us, if we looked into the deepest, darkest corners of our heart, there would be some people that we find uh, distasteful. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, listen, uh, this isn't a time for confession, uh, maybe that's an admission of just our human condition. But having said that, um, this could be acute. It could be um, a son or a daughter who has been a subject of abuse. Um, maybe it's uh, a family member who you feel wronged you, um, you know, stole some money from you or, or whatever. And, and therefore, there's, there's come this barrier between you. Now, you are walking with the Lord, and yet that's the bridge too far. That, I can't go that far. I can't do that. Um, well, I'm going to suggest something, and, 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 and this isn't an easy cure-all, but uh, the, the old acronym for, for um, a prayer is uh, ACTS, A-C-T-S, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. And you notice the supplication is the end of that. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about here. You know, I want to pray for somebody. Well, I would suggest this. First of all, um, get alone, and as you start your prayer, just talk to the Lord and adore him for all that he's done for you. Thank him for his saving you through 
the gift of his son dying on the cross. Thank him for his spirit. Thank him for the gift of the body of Christ and for his word. Thank him for all of his temporal blessings, whatever he's given to you. Thank him for walking with you every day. Okay, and I want you to know that'll take some time if you really allow it to percolate in you. But then once you get beyond that, the next thing to do is to reflect on the fact that God is holy and good and you recognize in yourself that you're sinful. So confess it. And and I'm not saying you have to go through a litany or make a list here. You just come honestly before the Lord in confession. Lord, I know that I am a sinner and I struggle in so many ways. Thank you for your your blood, the blood of Jesus shed for me. Thank you for your grace. And Lord, I claim that today I want to be in fellowship with you. Now, this is the process, if you think of it this way, it's exalting God and bringing yourself low. It's sort of applying that he must increase, I must decrease. And then after this, then give thanks. Lord, thank you that you invite me right into your throne room to come and share my deepest pains and hurts and cast all my cares on you. Now, I believe you're ready to pray even for your most hated enemy. Mm. Lord, you know my heart. I've confessed it to you. But Lord, you love so-and-so. And Lord... I struggle because of what he or she has done to me. But Lord, I'm praying for them now. You know, you said something when you said, you said you love that person. You're, you're relying on some of God's promises (laughs) in your prayer, aren't you? Absolutely. I mean, that, that, that sometimes really helps in prayer is just to remember God's promises and remind him of those. Right back at him. And it, it helps just in. And growing closer, drawing closer to Him. If we think about it, all of us realize that, that what Scripture says is true. Uh, you know that our righteousnesses are filthy rags. Mm-hmm. That none of us is righteous. Just read Romans three. You know, ten to twenty. You know, there is none righteous. No, not one. We have all gone astray. And, and once you you think about that, and then you realize, well, you know, God when He saved me, he reached to the bottom of the barrel, right down there in the scum of sin, and he saved me. So if he went that far to save me, maybe I can intercede for somebody else, even if I think they're the scum of the earth, because he saved me. And that can do something yeah. to you too. Praying like that uh, yeah. for someone that is hard to pray for, I mean, God can change. He can work on your heart, and that, and just through that prayer for them yeah. over time, can He? Yeah, this is a this is a great topic. Uh, you know, there's some other things we might want to talk about. Just uh, you know, in the that that play into this too, and that is, you know, the. Uh, issue of assurance of salvation or where is somebody based on what they've done and maybe when they've passed away. Those are things we can talk about too later. But this this has been good. Thanks, Danny. Thank you, Phil.
Hey, everybody. If any of you out there have listened to this podcast and, and you're dealing with, with some of these really weighty mm-hmm. matters and you just you, you want to reach out to us, feel free to leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, and we, can, we can correspond that way. I, I know, Phil, this is just something that uh, it, it touches everybody's life yeah. in one way or another. Yeah, sure. Right. And uh, and so we we'll, we'll be uh, looking forward to, uh, to to hearing from you. Thanks.